this is the life, man. We're just sitting here out in the sun. It's nice, it's summertime. Getting some rays, getting some tan going. Sitting here in our yacht, relaxing. This is the life, ain't it, Randy? Justin, shut the f up and grab a f***ing bucket. We're sinking! Oh shit, I forgot. <laughs> the shark's coming back around. Get the f***ing bomb ready. Bomb? Yeah, C4, smeared in chum. I don't know why nobody thinks of this. Here he comes. <laughs> Movie over! Let's get back to shore. Fear, and welcome back to our regular show. Well, we're not in an event anymore, are we? Well, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of an event, right? It's Shark Week for us. It's a week after Shark Week for you, <laughs> and so we're doing our Shark Week today. For our Shark Week, we're doing two episodes this week. It's gonna be a full week of shark shit. I'm Brandon, here's Justin. How's it going, everybody? And I hope you're having a wonderful summer. And today, we're doing fucking Jaws! Hell yes. Oh my god, I've been waiting to do this movie. I love this movie. Love this movie. Love this fucking movie. <laughs> He really likes this movie. And Justin does too. We're uh, Justin's like a bigger creature feature guy than I am, but when it comes to Jaws, I just fucking love Jaws. I mean, who doesn't love Jaws? Steven Spielberg? Oh my god. Right. It is the first blockbuster movie ever. Summer blockbuster. The, the historic film. And we get to talk about it here today on Radio Fears, very on Shark Week. Justin, what have you been up to horror-wise? I've been my wife. Me and her have been re-watching the quarry. The cutscenes. Yeah. She's enjoying it. She's involved. <laughs> She's very involved with it. She's a werewolf, actually. <laughs> <laughs> she is enjoying the story of it. She's really into it, so glad she's enjoying it. And that's pretty much it for me. What about you, Brandon? Oh, uh, editing. Really? Dude, I got so much editing done. <laughs> I'm not like, uh, I don't. It's a little behind the scenes, and I'm sorry if you're not like a fan of that. Whatever. <laughs> uh, I got so much fucking editing. It takes me so long to do editing, but I just like fucking slammed it this week with editing. That I'm very happy about that. I watched uh, Hard Rock Nightmare. You've probably never heard of that, have you? No, I've not. Catching a theme on this, you tell me a movie that I've never heard about. I watch a lot of horror movies. I'm sorry. I mean, I, I enjoy it too. It's just, damn. <laughs> no, I watch like deep cuts and shit. And it's mostly like thanks to Shudder. It's like you watch a one or two different horror movies every day. Yeah. It's just <laughs> about like, and, and this one's thanks to Shudder because I, I didn't actually know about this movie until Shudder released it on their streaming platform. 
Oh, I can add in something. I watched Fear Street. Shit. Yeah, you did. You watched the first. I watched the uh, part, part one. I watched part one, 1994 Fear Street, and I enjoyed the hell out of it. I had been planning on watching this for a while, but couldn't get around to it. Timing issues. I I've, have a daughter. I've been telling him to watch it for a while now. <laughs> and I finally got around to watching it, and holy hell, am I enjoying the hell of it. I told you you would love it. And you're like, well, maybe, uh, you were like, maybe if I get the time. And I had the time, and yep. we watched it together, and that bread slicer kill. <laughs> oh, God. Fangoria's best kill of 2021, I believe. Well deserved. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I've never seen anything ever like that in my life. <laughs> I mean, I've seen face slices and decapitations, but holy shit. You, uh, you, you're not in it unless you're in it to fucking slice somebody's head open with a bread slicer. In many pieces. That, Jesus. That's a slasher that wants that shit. I also have been watching the Netflix series Slasher. There's a there's a series called Slasher on Shudder, too. Yeah, season four. The first three seasons are on Netflix. On Netflix. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm enjoying that also. It's uh, kind of the uh, late-night HBO version of a Slasher TV series. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of, you know... Boinking? Boinking, sex, nudity, yeah, all that. Fuck yeah. You ain't seen Slasher yet? No, I haven't seen it. Pretty decent. It's Canadian. Canada? It's nice. It's Canadian. Why should we leave America to visit America Junior? You're not ruling Canadian. I'm just fucking with you. I mean, it is Canadian. It is Canadian, but Uh, I don't have a problem with it. Canadians. Blame Canada. Oh my God, they killed Kenny. One of my favorite superheroes is Wolverine. He's a he's a knucklehead. Like I said, I was watching Hard Rock Nightmare, and uh, yeah, that's a fucking movie. Anyway, <laughs> I like I tweeted about it. I have a hard time making heads and tails of that movie. There's a lot in it that perplexes me. I don't know like if they're trying to be funny in some parts or if it just comes off that way. Werewolf movie, but not a werewolf movie. Really bad writing and a lot of what the fuck moments. That's Hard Rock Nightmare. But you enjoyed it at least, right? It's a movie. It's a movie. (laughs) It's a movie. They had one uh, good joke about Friday the 13th's music in there. Uh, It's a very music-centric film because it's it's centered around a rock band in the 80s who are getting attacked by a werewolf. They make a joke while while two of the band members are like alone in the woods walking and they're like uh, talking about Friday the 13th and it's music and one guy was like you call that fucking music it's just and he's like hey say what you will about that music the guy who made it's making millions right now and the one dude walks off and then he just hears behind him he's like oh (laughs) (laughs) so that was pretty funny other than that it's a weird fucking film you'll just have to see it for yourself I will one day when I have the time I know this is about <laughs> nine years. I'll watch it when it's just buried somewhere. It is on Shutter. One day. If you want to watch it, it's on Shutter. Have fun with it. Fear Street's up there on my list right now. I gotta watch part two, part three. Yeah. And then after that, probably gonna watch more of that slasher, the first three seasons, and then watch season four on Shutter. And then the boys. The boys. The boys. Now it's on to our horror headlines. Now here's your horror 
up on your horror headlines for today, we got two bits of Evil Dead news. First one up, the screenings for Evil Dead Rise has been doing so fucking good, Bruce Campbell says that they are now looking for a theatrical release, potentially. Fucking hype as hell, and if it does end up being out in theaters, uh, we'll definitely go watch it. Day one. <laughs> fucking day one. And our second bit of news. Some that I'm very excited for. Ash vs. Evil Dead may be continuing with an animated series. Fuck yes. Bruce Campbell said, I'm too old to do the live action shit, but my voice is still fine. So, uh, yeah, I'll get in there, you know? <laughs> yeah, this is kind of something that's been rumored for a while, but now Bruce is outwardly talking about it publicly. You know, they're not confirming anything with either of these news bits, but they're talking about it. They're saying that they'd like to do it. Uh, so I hope both of these come to fruition. I hope that we get a theatrical release of Evil Dead Rise and we get our new season of Ash vs. Evil Dead. If we can continue that storyline, even if it's animated, which I love animated shit because I'm an artist myself, so I absolutely love that shit. If we could get that, I'm, I'm so down. I'm so high. I'm so there. Sign me the fuck up. And that way we get more Ash Williams. Fuck yes. And you can... Can you imagine how crazy they can get with an animated Evil Dead? Oh, crazy, crazy! They can do whatever they want. Yeah, <laughs> like, they already, you know, like had the the will, the will, and the and the want to do whatever they want with practical effects. But now you take away, you know, physical limitations. Boom, dude, we're gonna we would have some crazy ass shit going on with Evil Dead, and hopefully, hopefully, pray to the dark ones, everyone. Hopefully, this doesn't come out on fucking stars <laughs> I think it'll probably come out on either Shudder or Netflix, Netflix. since Ash vs. Evil Dead has done so much better on Netflix oh so much better Yeah, a lot of people didn't even know there was an Ash vs. Evil Dead until it came out on Netflix Yeah, <laughs> and Bruce Campbell's even talked about that he's yeah. like it's been out yeah as soon as it came out on Netflix people were like oh Bruce I didn't know you had a show for Evil Dead, and he's like, where the fuck were you when we were on Stars? It was the most pirated television show, still is, I believe, to this day. The most pirated television show, because everybody wanted to watch it. Nobody wanted to get fucking Stars. <laughs> oh, no, Stars sucks. I'm super hyped. Justin, what you got for us? Next up on Horror Headlines, Paranormal Activity is uh, getting a brand new collection box for Blu-ray. Hell yeah. Just in time for Halloween on October 11th, 2022. It's going to include all the original Paranormal Activity movies and uh, Next of Kin. They're going to feature a linked documentary called Unknown Dimension, the story of Paranormal Activity. I'm hype as fuck for it. I mean, it's going to be coming out on uh, Blu-ray and it's going to be $67.99 if you pre-order it on Amazon. I'm a huge Paranormal Activity fan and I'm probably going to buy it. I quite like some Paranormal Activity movies. Oh, some of them suck. Absolutely garbage. <laughs> I mean, but what horror franchise has movies that every single one of them are great? Scream. Subjectively. Uh, anything you say is going to be subjective. Some opinions. Some people hate some Scream movies. Yeah, but it's all subjective. Yes. You could, you could name something that's completely like 100% every single film knocks it out of the fucking park. Somebody's going to disagree with it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I mean, so, some of those Paranormal Activity movies, they're really fucking good. And, and Scream is a perfect series. To me. 
that. <laughs> but yes. So far. Yeah. Insert me furiously sweating over next year right here. <laughs> oh boy, he's going to New York. <laughs> Ghostface takes oh Manhattan. Oh God, it's, it's Jason all over again. <laughs> he better uppercut some motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> it's an uppercut. <laughs> K.O. Yatta. Yatta. Uh, in infuriating news, uh, Limited Run Games is a little late at creating a physical copy of Doom Eternal for the Nintendo Switch. <laughs> My anger is rising. Overflowing. Uh, fuck it, hit the Doom music. I'm fucking pissed that I fucking waited for so long for this game to come out on the Nintendo Switch. And I reserved a physical copy that never came. It got canceled, and now, what, two years after, it's it's getting a physical release, and it looks really fucking cool? I don't know. I'm never buying from Limited Run Games again either way, so. Yeah, because you paid for it, and you never got your copy, and you never really got your money back, did you? Nope. You can't get a refund on it. I, uh, I got to... Uh, I bought... A super, super awesome special edition of Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Yes. It comes with all sorts of stuff, and the thing that was holding it back was a vinyl of its soundtrack. And, uh, just never got it. And I've been trying to get in touch with them. I haven't been able to get in touch with anybody over it. Just never got it. Spent over $100 on that. Never again, but if you want to play Russian Roulette with your fucking money, go ahead and get Limited Runs, Doom Eternal. Coming soon, physical Nintendo Switch copies. Has like steelbook cases, it comes with a big box set with a bunch of shit in it. There's a $79.99 US dollar one, there's a $114.99 one, and there's a $174.99 one. What the hell's in the $179 one? Um, yes. Everything? <laughs> if you are a super big Doom fan like me, but you're not burnt out on Limited Run, go ahead and do that. I will sit here in my anger. Next up on your horror headlines, uh, the Treehouse of Horror, our annual Simpsons event that happens around spooky season. Hell yes. Uh, they are doing two Treehouses of Horror this year. Ooh. And one of them, it isn't an anthology sort of thing where they tell multiple stories throughout the episode. It is all focused on It, chapter one and two. Ooh. And they're basically retelling that story, but you know, with the Simpsons comedy. I have a feeling Homer is going to be Pennywise. Actually, no, it's Krusty. Obviously. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah, true. Uh, but I would imagine, like, Bart is either Georgie or Georgie's brother. So, uh, the, the Losers Club is going to be made up of the kids from... Or the I Am this, Danger kid. Yeah, the, the, the Loser Club is going to be made up of the kids from this Bart, you know, Millhouse, Lisa, yeah. Nelson. They're probably all going to be, like, the Losers Club and... I suppose Homer and all of them would just be the adults that don't believe them or don't want to, you know, or that they agno acknowledge that this is a thing that's been happening in Derry or Springfield. Or they could case. be the adult, adult versions. Uh, oh, yeah, in Chapter 2, yeah. Chapter 2. Oh, God, just Bart just turns into Homer yeah. in Chapter 2. Yeah. I don't know, they've shown, like, adult Bart in, like, flash-forwards and stuff in The Simpsons before. They might just do that again. True. But... Yeah, Treehouse of Horror looks like it's going to be really fucking good this year. 
I mean, it's good every year. Hopefully, before they premiere it on TV, I hope they do like a marathon with all the Treehouse of Horrors, which they usually do. I think you can find them on Disney Plus now. I hope the Simpsons movie was uh, 15 years ago today. Wow. If you want to feel old. <laughs> because, man, does that make me fucking feel old. And that's all we got for you today on Horror Headlines. Now, let's head down to the beach for our main topic. John. right motherfucking jaws <laughs> movie that released in 1975 directed by none other than the great steven spielberg based off of a book by the same name written by peter benchley this film is undoubtedly one of the most important historical pieces of cinema out there the first summer blockbuster Ever. No movie during the time of Jaws release had ever made as much money on its release weekend as this did. It hit the coveted $100 million mark, which was unheard of at the time, and it surpassed it immensely. Over the summer of 1975, 67 million people in the U.S. went to see the film, cementing itself as the first ever blockbuster. The shitload of people. It was an expensive movie to make but it got definitely its money back and it returns. And one of the troubling things about its uh, expenses was Bruce. Bruce being the mechanical shark that they had to use uh, for the film and all of its scenes with the great white attacking them. There was three Bruce's actually, not just one. And Bruce was the name given by Steven Spielberg himself, named after his lawyer. <laughs> that was only one name that Steven Spielberg had for the shark. The other name was the great white turd. <laughs> All three of these sharks cost about 250000 each. Each shark had its own purpose. One was open on the left side and like covered with the skin on the right side and vice versa for another one and then one that was fully skinned all the way you know for different shots and angles and shit like that but going back to the author Peter Benchley it was a great book written by Peter Benchley but when Steven Spielberg was reading the book he found himself rooting for the shark because he disliked the human characters there was some contention between Steven Spielberg and Peter Benchley even on set of Jaws, which ultimately would lead to Peter Benchley being thrown off the set and fired from the cinematic recreation of his own book because he was too outraged at the climax and ending of the film and ultimately fired because he was trying to weigh and bog the story down too much with irrelevant subplots having to do with stuff like romance and the Mafia. Did you know that? No. Yeah, uh, so the author of the book got fired from the movie. Imagine if he would have not got fired. Oof. Oh, uh, we wouldn't have the world's first summer blockbuster anymore. That wasn't the only tension on set because apparently actors Robert Shaw and Richard Dreyfuss fucking hated each other. Like, hated each other's guts, which helped for tension between their characters, but, uh, off camera, they constantly yelled at each other, try, almost physically fought each other, uh, and it, it was a, a bad time. They had to be separated several times. What makes a movie so great? Uh, its music helped a lot, and it has John Williams' score, 
who everybody knows from Star Wars, Jurassic yeah. Park, yeah, Indiana Jones. Just an absolute legend in uh, cinema music history. If I ever made a movie, I would want John Williams to do my music. Uh, and he, he contributes this film to jumpstarting his career. Without Jaws, he wouldn't be as big as he is now, according to him. But when he wrote the theme for Jaws and presented it to Steven Spielberg, Spielberg laughed and said, that's real funny, John, that's really funny. Uh, so what are you really using for the theme of my film? And then later when he did ultimately wind up using that theme, he's, he was glad that he did, saying that if it wasn't for that score, the movie wouldn't have been as big as it was either. I agree. <laughs> and, you know, the actors, they all did their part to make this film as great as it was. Putting everything that they had into this film to make it as big as it wound up being, even adding their own twist to it, like Roy Schneider, his line, you're going to need a bigger boat, wasn't even on the script. It was ad-libbed at the moment, and it worked out perfectly. One of the best lines in movie history. One of the most quoted things in movie history. It's not my favorite line in the movie. That would be, that's some bad hat, Harry. Some bad hat, Harry. <laughs> Mine is, uh, quit playing with yourself, Mr. Hooper. Quit playing with yourself, Mr. Hooper. Yeah, but we could go on and on forever about the trivia on this movie. This is one of the most well-documented films in history. So it seems like everybody knows everything about every single hair on every actors and cast and crew members asses on this film like there's no stone left unturned on this film so if i just go on a trivia rant about this we'll be here all day we're talking jaws baby Woo! directed of course by steven spielberg everybody knows who steven spielberg is uh writing credits he did star wars right no yeah he did star wars because he did also did like indiana jones talking about just John Williams. I'm talking about Steven Spielberg. No, I'm talking about Steven Spielberg. He directed Star Wars and Indiana Jones. That was George Lucas. I'm fucking with you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> After Peter Benchley gets fired, Carl Gottlieb wrote the screenplay for this. Roy Snyder played Brody. Yep. The sheriff of Amity. Robert Shaw, he played the fisherman, Quint. Mm -hmm. My favorite character of the movie. Yeah. Richard Dreyfus, he played science shark expert Hooper. Lorraine Gary, she played Sheriff Brody's wife, Ellen. We got Murray Hamilton, who was uh, played, I think, Mayor Vaughn. That fucking guy. Piece of shit. Uh, the character. The character. The character. <laughs> uh, Carl Gottlieb, who did the screenplay, he also played a character named Meadows. Jeffrey Kramer, he played Hendrix. Susan Backlinney. Our, our first victim. First victim. She played Chrissy, though. Poor girl who got ate by the shark at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Chris Rebello, he plays Michael Brody, the son mm -hmm. of uh, Sheriff Brody. Sweet kid. Uh, Jay Mello played Sean Brody. Lee Fierro, she played Miss Kittner, which was uh, the poor lady whose son got ate up in the shark on the beach. The one who slapped the shit out of him, out of the sheriff. Yes. I slapped the sheriff. Movie was produced by David Brown and Richard D. Zanuck. But I didn't punch the deputy. Music, of course, was John Williams, and words can't describe how great of a musician he is. Everybody was. did a great job. Yes. Everybody did a great job in this movie. So, Justin, legendary film. I assume you have a history with this film. 
Everybody's got like a Jaws story, right? Oh, yes. Big reason why I don't go out in the ocean to this day is because of this movie. Too much shit out there that can sting you, kill you. Don't like that. Don't like being out in the sand. The funny story I have about Jaws, a cousin of mine, she was deathly afraid of the movie Jaws. Like, to the point to where one of her brothers or sisters, whenever she was, like, taking a bath, they'd be like, you better watch out or Jaws is going to come through the drain and get you. And she would not want to take a bath or anything. <laughs> and that's another funny thing about it. When we were kids, we always thought the shark's name was Jaws because that's all we had to go by. It was just, oh, it's Jaws. Yeah. In the movie, they never called it Jaws. No. It was just the shark. That's one my funny story about Jaws. What about you, Brandon? My story of Jaws is that I've always loved the movie. I first watched it on TV. TNT or TBS or something? Yeah, something like that. You know, this was just a movie you, you always hear about it a lot before you watch it. Because it's like, you know, like how everybody knows that Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father before they even see Star Wars. Yeah. There's just no getting around it. Jaws is pretty much that film. The, the thing I remember most is getting into arguments with people when I was a kid when they told me that this wasn't a horror movie. Yeah, it is. It's a fucking horror movie. And it's just Steven Spielberg's style of horror movie, right? Steven Spielberg, he likes to show his horror in the daytime. In the daylight, there, there's actually like really deep meaning behind why he does that, and it has to do with his heritage as a Jewish person. The fact that Hitler raided the streets of people's home and people's homes and stuff like that during the day. How he does horror is like it's not always coming at after you at night, you know, like the sunlight doesn't make you safe. And how can you hear him say that and not think that he fully intended Jaws to be a horror movie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but people would argue with me when I was a kid. Jaws isn't a horror movie. It's 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 an action movie, I guess. It's the same people who say that Jurassic Park's not a horror movie. Just because there's a lot of kid-friendly elements to Jurassic Park. And that is done by Steven Spielberg. Jaws is a horror movie. We're talking about it here, right? Do you remember when you first watched Jaws? Yes, I do. When was that? When I was like five years old. Oh, damn. And like you, it was on TV. I ain't gonna lie, scared the shit out of me. Like I said, to this day, that's the reason why I won't go in the ocean because, uh, fuck no, I ain't about to get eaten by no damn shark. <laughs> the scariest scene for me was, for a lot of folks also, was the part where the ship is sinking, the shark comes out of the water, slamps into the orca, and slowly Quint is just slowly sliding down and getting eaten alive by the shark. That's fucking devastating. That shit. is terrifying scene for me. That scene is stuck in my head forever. I mean, we've seen other more gory, more holy shit moments in horror movies, but that right there is a historic death scene right there. Yeah, yeah, no, it goes down in history along with the scene. Uh, that, that specific scene right before you're going to need a bigger boat when he's throwing the chum in the water. And then the shark just comes up and he just like completely silently is just in shock. Yeah, that's a what the fuck moment. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit moment. And I mean, we were talking about that when we were rewatching the movie. Like, yeah, imagine we're just chilling there and all of a sudden a damn... <sighs> fuck, you see a shark like that and you're like, uh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I watched this movie, I think the first time I was around 11 or 12 when I first saw it. Uh, it scared me pretty bad but I, I always 
I was always like never too scared of Jaws because I always had this sense about me. It was like, I'm, I don't live near the, I'm not on the beach. <laughs> I'm good. Stay out of the water. <laughs> yeah, I just. You're fine. Stay out of the water and get a big enough boat if you want to go out. And like, you're good. <laughs> don't be with sharks. It's like what I said at the end of Camp Macabre. Don't go in the fucking woods. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, what else needs to be said? It was fucking terrifying. Starting with the opening scene, you see these two teens are all going out, going into the ocean, going to go skinny dipping, and something unseen that you don't know what it is because I'm a fucking kid. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know exactly what I'm watching. When I first started watching the movie, I didn't know the movie was about a shark. It could be about man. It could be anything. Seeing her just slide, I mean, I'd never seen, like, I was five something unknown grabbing her, the woman pulling her underwater moving her across the ocean struggling screaming for help nobody listening because the boyfriend that was or not even boyfriend the dude she the was drunk the, dude the fucking drunk dude falling on his face the drunk dude <laughs> just uh, laying there passed out on the edge of the beach and she's screaming for help and nobody's gonna help her yeah and her dropping down that final time and just blood coming up into the water Ugh. it's it's terrifying but I, I gotta say there's a huge difference in what scared me in this movie when I was a kid and what scares me watching as, a, as an adult what scares me watching it as an adult you probably already know what I'm gonna say right yeah the fucking mayor yes and the way that shit just works out with him to like not wanting to close the beaches all he cares about is money he doesn't really care about people yeah what like yeah with adult eyes watching this movie he's the bad guy yeah he's the villain of this movie of, of he, the movie. he doesn't give a shit all he cares about is uh, let's try to sweep this shit under the rug you know he reminds me of the fucking uh, the camp owner and and a sleepaway camp He's just trying yeah. to sweep all this shit underneath the rug, get the fucking people out of here, take care of the problem, or just ignore the problem. That way he can make some money. Yeah, it's all a big thing of, like, euphemism and symbolism and all that, of, like, crony capitalism, caring more about profit than people. And the only time the only time he really wants something to get done about it is when... It starts affecting his wallet. It started affecting his wallet, and his family was also out there on the beach when that stuff happened piece of shit a true villain of this movie yeah it wasn't the shark it was him his greed causes people to die in this film yep and he could care less he, yep. he pretends like he does but really oh we're just devastated by the potential boating accident that happened off of the shores of Amity <laughs> and even when they capture a shark he's just like oh okay we're good now yeah even when Hooper is clearly telling him, uh, not the right shark. Yeah, it's kind of a hard watch with uh, stuff like that. I imagine for you, it's pretty bad seeing the mayor cause that little boy to get eight. Yeah, growing up now, now having a daughter of my own, imagine the horror of your child, son, daughter, getting eaten by a shark. Or any animal, really. Or any animal, honestly, but... Like a bear bear attack getting ate by a bear fucking sucks yeah it does suck man i mean it's amazing we got out of there alive trust me i know firsthand we had kind of a shitty ending though because we got shat out yeah <laughs> is that is that the lore yeah that's the lore okay we were, eating, we were eating home we just came out bear shit we went out uh ace ventura pet detective out of the rhino's ass 
oh, style. It sucks that uh, Roy Schneider had to, or Brody, had to take the fall for, uh, or the slap, I should say, for what was ultimately the shitty mayor's fault. Well, I mean, imagine the pain of losing your son who's hasn't even gone through most of his life. I mean, it was like only what, like a he was, he six, seven-year-old son? He was a little boy, yeah. Like little kid, innocent kid who was just trying to relax on the beach, just having fun, being a kid. Yep. And it just, at a split second, done. All right, well, you're bringing everything down. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, having a daughter, I mean, that's one of those things that I'm, I mean, that, that's a fear. I'm definitely not going to have her go out in the water by herself like this mother did. The fears of being a parent, stuff happening to your child, it's a terrifying. People that are listening that have kids, you understand where I'm going with this. It's very nerve-wracking. As a non-parent, I have to say that scene was pretty fucking metal. <laughs> that kid just got ate the fuck up. That shark wasn't fucking around. It said, oh my god, appetizers. Let's fucking go. <laughs> fucking bite-sized motherfucker up in here. <laughs> it was them cheese sticks you eat. <laughs> the mott sticks? Yep. That's the one thing I will say about this movie. Practical effects. Fantastic. Very well done. Expensive. Expensive, but God, it was worth it. And fucking headache-inducing, according to Steven Spielberg. <laughs> That's one movie that uh, I'm surprised they haven't tried to do a remake, like legacy sequel, just actual straight Jaws. Well, fucking no, they won't remake Jaws because every fucking indie and B movie company in the world tries to remake Jaws. I'm every, saying like actual, every year, not like. Well, they're not. They're well. You're saying you're surprised. So nobody has actually done it like a big studio. I'm telling you why they haven't done it because every B movie studio indie developer, indie director, all of that had, won't fucking stop making shark movies. It's kind of got like a bad rap in like the big names now, right? Because shark movies are literally just a dime a fucking dozen, a truckload dumped on us every year. And there's only a few shark movies that are actually decent. Yeah. And I can only count on maybe one hand any decent shark movies. And really that just kind of goes into like, that that, that speaks more for the, the influence of Jaws. Why would everybody that has a camera in a dream still be trying to make a shark movie after the last most successful one was done in 1975 if it wasn't as good as Jaws. Like, Jaws had to be that good for people to still be doing this shit. Exactly. Everybody's trying to make the next Jaws, try to make that mark yeah. in there. And we had people, you know, do something. I won't say they got close. But they did something. Decent. Like Deep Blue Sea. Decent. Sent to some people. Mediocre, I would say. But There's been a lot worse movies. Yeah, that's why I'm saying mediocre. Not bad. Mediocre. Middle of the road. Jaws 2 was good. There's some Australian films out there that are pretty good shark movies. Um, not that shitty one that everybody was going crazy for a few years back. The Meg. Oh, that one too. That's really bad. Jason Statham? Yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty bad movie. i never seen it. It's pretty bad. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Did Jason Statham go up fist to fist to the shark or something? It, One of those movies? It, it's like he's going after a helicopter. It's 
It's a really big shark, and oh, it's really cheesy. He's, he's on a fucking helicopter trying to shoot this fucking shark down or something? Yeah, it's it's, <laughs> it's a whole fucking thing. If you had a scene that, that truly made you think that this was a great movie, what would the scene be, Brandon? Several. Several? Several. I mean, look, this film has a lot of good stuff going on to begin with, and it's like I kind of alluded to earlier, adult eyes versus, you know, kids' eyes watching it. Uh at different points in your life and what you kind of value more in a film and all that. There's a lot going on with the chemistry of these characters that I really appreciate as well. Like uh, Brody and Hooper. They're like instant bros as soon as they meet and it, it's rare that you find that in the real world but it happens. Yeah. Like these these two remind me of like you and me and you and uh, you and me and me and Tony. Uh, like as soon as like you and I met in high school. We were just like instant like buds. As soon as me and Tony met, we were just instant buds. Uh, it all started kind of similarly. I was talking to you about Metal Gear Solid. We became instant friends. Talked to Tony about fighting games on the Dreamcast, and we became friends instantly. <laughs> uh, and, and they just kind of worked together really well. And I love that chemistry. And despite Robert Shaw and Richard Dreyfuss not having great chemistry off camera, their tension where they hate each other was really good because of that and even when they were you know being friendly comparing scars on the boat and stuff like that was really good too like despite hating each other they made it work really well if we're gonna break down what's my favorite scene it's probably that night they're in the boat comparing scars and getting drunk together and singing and singing and telling stories about each other's past and and the subtlety of it all uh, they're comparing scars, and you can tell like like when they're goofing and when the, when it's a serious scar. And Brody's over there; he has a scar, but he's not talking about it, and he never brings it up, ever. And you can you can tell the by the way he looks at his own scar while the other two are talking about their scars. When he look pulls up his shirt and looks down at it, and then quickly tucks it in and kind of like looks to make sure nobody saw it. You can tell there's some history behind that scar that he does not want to talk about, but he thought about it for a second, about bringing it up. Genius fucking scene. They're just progressively getting more drunk. They start singing sea shanties, and of course Quint and his talk about the very real Indianapolis incident. Yes, very very serious story. Very actually happened sad story in world war ii a lot of uh semen (laughs) 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 sorry i'm 12 again for some for some reason left out in the ocean to fend for themselves against sharks wasn't even called in nobody came out to save them they were found by happenstance and then had to be rescued after that because it was like publicly some people found them yeah and the government tried to i think sweep it under the rug because it was an utter failure of a mission and they didn't want to have no part with it. And also, I think it was what they were doing would have been considered a war crime. So, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's a shitty situation that these sailors found themselves in where they were left out in the water for days on end and the sharks reached what actually does happen in real life, a feeding frenzy, where sharks get so much bloodlust, there's so much blood in the water that a shark will actually lose its mind and overeat, go crazed by its its lust for blood. And when a bunch of sharks do that, it's 
real life horror and that's what those men had to endure was a real life horror at that time and he tells you about that story and a lot of people watching this movie that don't know their history too well they think that it's just something made up for the movie but no it it's an actual historical event that happened and the details he goes into it talking about um like the for, soulless eyes of the shark yeah. going in as he's biting you down and then the eyes roll in the back of their head and it turns white. Yeah, because that's that bloodlust. That's the bloodlust. The eyes roll in the back of the shark's head. <laughs> yeah. Terrifying stuff. Yeah. And it's real. All too real. Yeah. So yeah, as somebody who has an appreciation for a good story told, that is when a good story is fucking told. And that's when the movie's at its best. Of course, you know, uh, we're all horror fans here. I love seeing the shark attack, seeing the fucking people get ate by a fucking shark and people defending themselves and blowing up a fucking shark. That's all fucking awesome. But those human moments is what separates a good horror film from a great one because then you're connecting more to your characters and caring more about whether they live or die. And that's so intentional for this movie because it sticks the knife in your side because... Quint is going on about that story, about his experience, about the terror that he lived before, why he hunts sharks. And he makes you, he lets you in. He makes you feel what he's feeling. And then the next day, he got a Real powerful scene. Favorite scene of the movie would be the moment where they first see the shark for the first time. Oh, how big the fucker was. <laughs> yes. Well, it's the, it's the high point of the movie when they first see the shark. Yeah. They find, see they see what they're finding up with the sheriff Brody just putting out chum. He's just talking, talking, not really wanting to do it. And all of a sudden, foof! And then in silence, silent shock. Just backs away <laughs> all the way into the bridge. And he's like, we need a bigger boat. And the sheer terror of his face. And then Quinn, all serious, comes out. He comes out and sees the shark and just seeing the sheer size of the shark swimming around their little tiny boat. It, it, I mean, they had a nice size boat, but in comparison to the size of that shark, it was nothing. The terror they were trying to swallow while looking brave. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, Knowing the the, sh- the situation there is, and the cop throughout the whole rest of the movies, all right, we're gonna get a bigger boat. We're get a bigger boat. Well, throughout that scene, Hooper's like, "That's a twenty footer," and Brody's like, "So we need a bigger boat, right?" And and Quint's like, "That's a twenty five. And he's like, so yeah, we need a bigger boat. Like, our boat can't handle this, right? Like, we gotta go get one, right? Very but, well done acting by Robert Shaw, who plays Quinn. It made by me, all of them. By every single one of them. They did a really great job. Another one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when he's sitting there fishing, they're all joking, and he just sees that little tug, and then he gets all serious, slowly puts the straps yeah. on his arms. Just getting like, ready, and they're all just bullshitting. And then right when he's saying, oh, I did this night. Line just taunts up. <laughs> Like he likes to joke around and stuff, but when it got to business time, Quint was serious. Oh, yeah. Uh, a little too serious. Maybe a little too committed to the cause. Um, like breaking the fucking radio instead of calling for help. Yeah, I never understood why he did that, because I guess he didn't want... Because he's out there to get that shark. Get the money. No, he's out there to get... It's personal. Yes. Like, at first it was about the money, then the shark started to break the orca. Yeah. Now it's personal. Nobody's getting in the way. Nobody's coming to kill this shark but me. I'm getting this fucking shark. Absolute lunatic for that. But that's where his mind was. I like the scene, the the music, 
the build-up music with John Williams when it's just going, when the shark's going around, when they see it, perfect, perfect music. I mean, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about that scene. Even when they shoot barrels to try to bring it up to the surface. One barrel, nope. Two barrels, nope. Three barrels, The fucker nope. wouldn't go down. Nope. It's like almost physically impossible how many fucking barrels that thing had, that Bruce had on him without, with and still being able to submerge. Yeah. Because that's the whole point. And that's what actual shark hunters do. They fucking try to shoot barrels to try to bring it up. That way... Yeah, it dies. It's too much buoyancy for it to swim any lower. Yeah, the thing just tugged it down like it was like just the sheer terror of them. It was like the sh- they they weren't in control. The shark was in control, and the damn orca was its toy. Yeah, it's playing around with the fucking toy that comes in the Happy Meal before he eats them nuggets. <laughs> and to the, the point to where they're trying to drive off to go to shore, and the damn shark is chasing after it like it's a fucking slasher villain. <laughs> With the yeah. fucking barrels falling on them. That, uh, that fin, that dorsal fin might as well be a raised machete as it's going towards them. Pretty much. <laughs> God, I love this movie. Oh, it's a great film. I think what a lot of people ignore, and yeah, we'll, we'll get back to the shark. I think what a lot of people ignore about this movie is all the stuff uh, that happens before it. Yeah, and nobody really remembers the scenes leading up to it. It's always just the boat scene. I, I always remember everything in this film because I love it. I love the, the subtle nuances uh, in this film and the subtle jokes and stuff like that. Like when Brody's wife is telling him, oh, the kids, they're out on the, the boat. It's tied to the dock. He's like, And he's like freaking out. She's like, they're, they're not in the water. It's fine. And then she looks at that book that he was reading while he's talking to her and sees the the the, uh, the painting of the shark a- attacking and sinking a boat and then she flips out and s- yells at them like what did your father say get out of the boat him and his wife they had really good chemistry on sc- screen also yes I particularly like the scene where she was just they were you know flirting around with each other she's like you want to go ahead and get drunk on some wine and fool around yeah yeah buddy that's a good woman <laughs> yep that is a wonderful wife and that's a wonderful life. She was in other Jaws movies. Yeah. She was in three, actually. I like the scenes with his son, especially, of course, the one scene everybody remembers with his son before the shark stuff was where he's like, uh, give us a kiss. And the, after he had that, that really bad day, so give us a kiss. And his son's like, why? And he's like, because I need it. That warmed my heart also because, I mean, being a parent kid copying what you're doing just trying to make you laugh it's adorable it's adorable as hell you're gonna be having the worst day in the world you come home it's the best feeling in the world and then someone's kid gets eaten by a shark damn you just brought it right back down again man not for me (laughs) it was fucking sick it was but you know admittedly seeing that child get Mauled. Mauled, not mauled. That child get fucking munched on like a chicken nugget at McDonald's was pretty sick. Yeah. <laughs> Taylor, t- tater toddler tots. <laughs> fucked up. Bruce the shark, the mechanical shark, was shot a lot, but uh, another shark did make an appearance in this movie. Uh, I think it was a bull shark or a mako shark. I believe it was a bull shark, not a great white, that rolled up on filming of this movie during the scene where they lowered the cage into the water. And uh, the mechanical shark, you know, it attacks the cage and they have footage of that. And it's got like Hooper in the cage, dodging the the fucking Bruce, trying to bite him and shit. 
but when the cage was empty, they just so happened to catch footage of another shark, like I said, probably a bull shark, coming up on the cage and, and getting stuck in it, stuck on the top of it, and like writhing around like it's attacking it. And they're like, this is so fucking phenomenal, we have to use this. But the problem is, originally, during the cage scene, Hooper was supposed to die. Eaten alive, right there in the cage. Yeah, he was supposed to get ate up in that fucking cage by Bruce, and they cut that part out because of the scene where the where the shark, the bull shark, is attacking this cage, and the cage is empty. So now they're like, well, we have to say that he made it out of the cage because we clearly see the cage empty here. So they rewrote whether or not Hooper lives or dies based off of a great shot that they got. So they had to reshoot him swimming away in the water. Yeah. Him swimming down and hiding under like a reef. And then they had to shoot at the end scene with him meeting up with Brody in the water after the boat sank. Imagine what the sound could have been underneath there seeing the fucking shark explode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want to talk about the shark exploding? Oh, of course. I mean, who doesn't want to smile, you son of a bitch? <laughs> Create a way to kill off the shark. Yeah, the, the compressed air. It was Chekhov's air canisters. Now, Chekhov's gun is kind of a rule in, in movies where if you show a gun earlier in a movie, then the gun has to be used. Otherwise, showing that gun is pointless. So Chekhov's gun, that's what people claim when they're like, oh, we saw that gun earlier, now it's getting used. Chekhov's air canister, where they... they specifically brought to the attention that there's air canisters on this boat and there was lines specifically for it with as much pressure as these things have they could explode it'd be really dangerous Chekhov's rule is now in order they wouldn't bring it up like that unless it was gonna be used later yes <laughs> and then it was the shark had the fucking air canister in its mouth after eating Quinn the, the air canister no uh, the sheriff threw the, the canister in his mouth yeah after eating Quinn. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So the air canister is now in his mouth, and in the sinking orca that's only like its mast fucking left, <laughs> basically. Yeah. Brody is up in the in the crow's nest that's still in the water because how much it sank, and he shoots the air canister, blows the fucking shark's head off. Great fucking shot. Amazing. And of course you have to have a badass one-liner like "Smile, you son of a bitch." Yep. Because he's all teeth, baby! <laughs> That's how you kill a fucking shark. And the scene they showed of it blowing up was very well done. I, absolutely. And then showing the underwater shot of its head missing and just... Just sinking down you the hear bottom. the damn growl. Yeah. It was like it was dead. Like the shark's making a noise. Yeah, it's like defeated. I, I think it's supposed to be the sinking ship that's making the noise, but it definitely does seem like... Yeah, I always thought it was the shark making the dying breath. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been defeated. <laughs> oh, man, you killed my head. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, yeah. And then the, the bloody remains, the last shot of it is... It's, it's the blood slow. was really good in that shot. Yeah, the, all you see left is just the dorsal fin just going down slowly. Yeah. The ending where they're both swimming off and I, I remember Do doggy paddling off. Doggy paddling to the Specifically shore. doggy paddling off. And they're just like, everything okay? Quinn? No, he didn't make it. All right, well, let's go. <laughs> yeah, kind of like, well, that, you know, it is what it is. We kind of knew that that was probably going to be a thing. And then they just paddled off, and you're thinking in the movie, 
What if there was another shark? <laughs> Wouldn't that be some shit? All of a sudden, another one came. I mean, it is pretty rare to just find sharks by themselves with no other sharks around, so. Yeah. It was a risk, but apparently, the, you know, Bruce was just such a big fucking alpha predator. All the other sharks were like, fuck no. He, he was a fucking shark chad. He's like, I don't need no other sharks. I can do this shit by myself. <laughs> yeah, we've pretty much talked about the whole movie. I mean, there's other things, like the whole struggle of trying to convince the fucking mayor that they didn't get the right shark the first time. Yeah, we briefly talked about it. But we can go. Well, we, we talked about the mayor doing what he can to keep the, the, the beach open. But there was also, like, when they... When all those people showed up to Amity to to hunt the shark and they're throwing fucking explosives. And the, and yeah, it, the guy throwing like little sticks of dynamite in the water or like fire like firecrackers, but it's it's, it's dynamite, yeah. Just throwing it in the water, just blowing it up. Look, my little skit at the beginning of this C four covered in chum. That 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 this scene does not make that a bad idea because in my mind, you you like take fucking fish pieces to that motherfucker. C4 a lot more... Exp- more lot Douse more. it in blood. Wait for the fucking shark to eat it. Then you blow it up. Kaboom. Movie over. Why does nobody do that? Or because there about, wouldn't be a movie. <laughs> or how about this? Just stay out of the water. Movie over. Yeah. Every Everybody listen to the cop when he closes the beach. <laughs> and that's it. Movie over. But we wouldn't have a film. Exactly. But the way they made it act with just that common sense answer oh well if they could just stay out of the water they would have been fine yeah they made it perfectly they did it perfectly written this perfectly yeah I say Quinn's my favorite character but I also love Richard Dreyfuss when he plays Hooper because of the, uh, the funny things he's like he just starts laughing like <laughs> y'all gonna die <laughs> yeah uh, actually when I Tony you know to be up front with you guys Tony's never seen Jaws he still hasn't seen Jaws, and when I was talking to Tony about it, I was like, you're going to love the character Hooper because he acts a lot like Tony. <laughs> he uses his, his knowledge and common sense. Well, I'm talking about mostly his humor. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> they're all dead. So anyway. <laughs> yeah. I love all three of the, 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 the boys out there on the boat, the boat boys, the, the buoy boat boys, the buoyant buoy boat boys. I love them all. The orca all three. boys. The, the shipmates of the orca. When they brought the shark that wasn't the real shark and Quint's just going by and the orca and he's just fucking laughing his ass <laughs> Those idiots. <laughs> yeah, uh, Quint's, Quint's just a fucking, he's a badass, like rolling up in the in the fucking meeting while everybody's freaking out about the shark and just scratches the fucking shark Yeah. I'll get your shark, but it's going to cost you more. <laughs> Yeah, he says, I'll give you 50 50 grand for it. With that, you get the head, the tail. And the whole damn thing. The whole damn thing. You get the head, the tail, the whole damn thing. Don't make actors like that no more, man. No, not really. Uh, He's just just fucking... He's he's just a boss. Rest in peace, man. Absolutely. Died maybe I think I think he died like three or four years after this film was made. So there's there's a lot to this movie that we could continue to talk about, like Brody going and making signs for the beach to be closed because he has to make them because they never had beach closed signs before because they never closed the beach. The residents putting graffiti on the sign. Yeah, the fucking the shark graffiti. Uh, we could talk about how the mayor forcefully made a dude go into the water 
on that last day on the beach. Yeah, against his will. Uh, we could talk about the the son getting attacked by the shark, and needing CPR. Uh, back on the beach. He was in shock. Yeah, he was in absolute shock after a terrifying encounter. But I mean, there, like I said, there's a lot of stones to turn in this in this movie that a lot of people have already done. We'll be here all night if you let us talk about this movie. We got to cut ourselves off at some point. So I wouldn't be surprised if somewhere in the distant future we just come back to this movie to talk about it again. Yes, talk about the whole Jaws series. Yeah, yeah, we'll probably, we might do a whole Jaws series, and most of it's going to be in the junkyard, but... <laughs> yeah. It's one of those movies where first movie, fucking banger. Second movie, ah, you did something there. And the rest, what, what are you doing? No, really. After Jaws 3, just stay out of the water. Jaws of Revenge, and it was like, this time it's personal. The son of Jaws. Oh, that was what it was. It was yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. So, just... Yeah, we love Jaws. So I guess during the Jaws movies, oh Bruce was getting. At some point, he found the time between eating men and being Shark Chad. We're gonna we're gonna stop it there before we go on all night about Jaws. I fucking love this movie. Everybody lo- who sees this movie loves it. I I I rarely see anybody who hates Jaws. Final thoughts on the movie masterpiece absolute masterpiece the first ever summer blockbuster in cinema history and it will forever hold that crown jaws is a king hell to the king baby hell to the king stay out of the fucking water <laughs> don't go in the water and clatu verata nikto